This is Thought and Leaders. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to a special podcast of Thought and Leaders in conjunction with Together in Isolation. And it's a very special podcast because this is the second of two podcasts which have been specially created in celebration of Pride 2020. And we've got with us, I don't know how to pronounce this gentleman's name, Dominic, welcome. Thanks so much for having me today. Uh, Actually, my last name is pronounced Heisler. Heisler, Heisler. It's Heisler. Yeah, it's actually. Oh my God! Most of this podcast. Yeah, most most of this podcast, Dominic, is going to be you and me discussing your surname. (laughs) Now, (laughs) what's your background, though? How did you get to where you are at the moment? You have a day job and a gay job. And so, for example, my gay job uh-huh. would be then lead Pride at SAP Germany. Uh, I will talk a little bit more about this in a second. But my day job is actually a different one. So I'm a learning consultant uh, within SAP and I contribute to the learning and development opportunities for my colleagues in software development. For my gay job as lead for private SAP, I'm responsible for the overall organization of the chapter activities, of the connections to the outside world, if you want to call it, and of course, to you know be connected to the other employee resource groups uh, within Germany that we have at SAP. A variety of things that I'm taking care of, you know, connecting with the different stakeholders, connecting with the different colleagues, taking care of the activities that we're planning that they can be turned into reality. And so I can rely on a fantastic team, almost 20 people right now, that support me with uh, coordinating and realizing these events. And this is only the core team, right? So we do have, of course, a, a larger community that we arrange these activities for, but the core team is really the hands-on people, I would call them. In America... The U.S. Supreme Court had given LGBTQ Americans a rare bit of good news. Employees cannot lose their job anymore or cannot be sorted out for their sexual orientation. So whether they're gay or lesbian or transgender or bisexual, they can, first of all, not be fired anymore. And secondly, they cannot be, as I mentioned, filtered or sorted out from the candidate process. When applying for a job. In terms of privacy of employees, you know, who, who want privacy, for example, they may they may be bisexual, yeah. And but they don't want the entire world to know about it. Oftentimes, um, when I talk to colleagues who join our network and they ask me, but is it, you know, something private? Do I have to tell everybody now that I'm gay or lesbian or that I'm transgender? Of course, that's not the case. Our community is uh, open for all our colleagues, you know, around the globe, whether they're based in Germany or not. The goal should really be that you have an inclusive workforce, you know, within a company and like everybody accepts the other ones how they are. But in terms of the challenges with the LGBTQ, and don't forget the plus, we must never forget the plus, Dominic. That's right. By the way, what is the plus? (laughs) 
I love uh, using the plus because, you know, leaving it out really uh, means cutting off a huge part of the spectrum. The plus, you know, to keep it very short, is basically everything that cannot be categorized under the first few letters. So there would be people, they, you know, identify as non-binary, for example. So they say, I'm either one or the other. Also, people who say, oh, you know, I'm maybe I'm pansexual, like, like, you know, I'm I identify like as many different uh, sex or genders. So the concept you see, it's very uh, difficult to grasp sometimes. What are the, the yeah. challenges that the community have been having? We are all in lockdown. So uh, big parties with people, so big parades, you know, with thousands of people doesn't really help containing a, a potentially deadly spread of a virus. And so in order to do this, of course, you know, we have to think of alternatives. We in Germany were confronted with the same issue at the beginning of the year. And I do remember uh, the virus broke out when I was in China myself. It happened in January and I was in Shanghai for work. And then, you know, I read the news and then, you know, as a European, I think it's so very typically because you feel like, oh, you know, it's happening here. But since you're not used to it or you don't really know a situation like this, then you try to get over it in a way. But then, of course, it got more and more serious. And this also impacted then also our plannings, you know, for Pride of SAP Germany. So you're in Shanghai. What was happening in terms of restrictions for everybody uh, of, of movement and stuff like that? We had to stay at home. Uh, we couldn't really do anything. The situation was still so new and unknown. Yeah, you couldn't really do much. So this really gave me also a lot of time to think about like how to tackle the situation uh, once I'm back in Germany. We had to cancel uh, some of our activities initially, uh, especially at the beginning of the year. So we planned to have a discussion panel, you know, with some of our internal stakeholders for Pride at SAP Germany and also inviting then uh, Jens Schadendorf, the author of the book Game Changer, uh, to our session. This was planned for March. Then we decided uh, not to have this or at least to postpone it. Right. But then, yeah, it was really planning from, I would say, today to tomorrow, you know, to have all these events that we've planned virtually. And it's not so easy, especially if you think about Pride Month was not so far away anymore. So we have now planned, you know, various sessions on different topics. And we said, okay, so what would people like to talk about, you know, when they meet on site? We said, you know, why not take topics from the everyday life of the LGBT community and, you know, then host some sessions. And there is a really great format called Ask Me Anything. So it's basically a short live session. So we decided to have them 30 minutes long and then people or participants have the chance to put their questions in the forum, you know, prior to the live session. And then in the live session, you just use these questions, you know, to get uh, into a discussion with the participants and with the speakers of the session. And it's, it's fun because you never know, you know what comes and uh, ask me anything is really, you should really be open and ask anything that comes to your mind. Ask me anything. I'm going to be a special guest on your Ask Me Anything now. Look, Dominic, ask me anything. My question to you would be, why do you take the topic of LGBT inclusion in your podcast today? Because 
I don't think that love, L-O-V-E, has a sexuality. I think love is universal. That's a great answer. Yeah, I love it. Am I, you am see, I, can, can, I join, can I join? Can I join your SAP group then? <laughs> Please, I'll invite you right away. <laughs> uh, there you go. All of us in the whole world were locked down. Was it particularly difficult for the community? Mm, you simply get used to the lockdown after some time, but. I mean, I also don't want to stigmatize anyone here, right? But I think uh, it's yeah likely to say that the community also lives, you know, through their talks, what they have, you know. I can only speak for myself, so I like to go out to coffee places, for example, you know, because I'm a very social person, just connecting with others. And uh, yeah, like the pride community also at SAP is a big part of that. And then if you don't have the chance, you know, to connect with your colleagues, and so what I like to do, for example, is really, you know, to go to the canteens and then they like promote the chapter, tell people how can they, how they can engage. And, you know, that's really a big part of, of being social with the community that's, that's missing now. That's true. SAP is a particularly forward-looking organization. Uh, what are the implications on your community in terms of BLM? If you say as a LGBT organization, okay, we totally support Black Lives Matter, the movement, uh, that's one thing, you know. But then on the other side, you have to ask yourself, do all of the Black people in the community, do they identify with the LGBT community? Because some of them might say, oh, you know, it's great that you support it, but you know, it's not my cup of tea. That's very British of you, Dominic, <laughs> that it's not your cup of tea. It's also, you know, a, a part of the black community that belongs also to the LGBT community. So you see that all of a sudden you can't really, you know, separate the different groups uh, from another. There is an argument that we don't need outreach groups to your community. By having these outreach groups, what you're doing is that you're making things more divided. You are different to her, and she's different to her, and he's different to him. And so I'm going to speak to you. You know, you really are saying black, or you're saying gay. And, and, and in doing so, you're labeling people. I would wish for a world where we don't have these separate groups because everything is so inclusive that it just doesn't matter who you are, you know, what your sexual identity is. But, you know, that's really an ideal world. The people who bring up these arguments, they don't belong to either of these communities, right? It's really part of the problem. Your community has flourished and it's become, I think the word pride is a good, it's become more proud of itself and it's, ha it's happy to say I am who I am and it doesn't really matter about other stuff, I'm a person. Compared to where we were before, do you think we've gone so far that we don't really need pride every year now? Everyone is accepted now. There are still so many places, you know, on earth where it's uh, being stigmatized by society, where it's criminalized. And I think, you know, in showing our faces, in raising awareness for the cause and in telling, you know, people that there's nothing wrong about it, then we are also a role model for all the people who do not have the chance or the opportunity to be their true self so far. Uh, do you think that companies will be looking at their boards and saying, well, hold on, do we have enough black people? Do we have enough people from the, from the LGBTQ community as well? Should boards be 
made up of people just because they're black or because they're gay or whatever it might be. Surely it's got to do with whether they can do the job rather than anything else, hasn't it? This is also what I like about SAP, right? Because you're really, um, you know, if you're doing a great job and if you are the right person for the job, then it doesn't really matter, you know, what uh, diverse group you are from, like what's your, I don't know, skin color, what's your sexual orientation, unleash your potential, so to say, and then, yeah, to get that job. So LGBT people, for example, or black people, you know, when they grow up, uh, they are dealing with discriminatory actions against them or like with harassment. And so, I mean, what is missing and not all the times, but I think very often, they do not have the same start, you know, into a career, for example. They don't have the same advantages as other people because of their colour. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you are growing up, and for example, then in a religious setting, you know, that makes things even more difficult, especially for LGBT people. And so, you know, I think it's safe to assume that then these people, they just don't have the same options at the end. And I think that if you look at some high paid jobs, and then, you know, with uh, LGBT people in there. And then you see, okay, wow, like, you know, there are really a few of them. Why is this? And I really don't think it's because the person, you know, is not qualified enough or doesn't do the job, but it's rather, you know, the conditions where the person starts and we're not right from the beginning. It's interesting that you think that, particularly in terms of religion, that it's still pretty endemic in terms of people still in the church, in the synagogues, in the, in the mosques and so on and so forth. They still are pretty homophobic is that what you're saying i think especially in religious settings it's harder for example for a person to come out and even though you know most of the families might be very accepting you know by the time they know it i think it's really the expectation of the person itself who thinks oh you know this goes against you know my beliefs or like the beliefs of my family and their fear of their reactions i don't know how that works because you can't be part it's of something difficult. and go against it. Exactly. Yeah. And I think this is really, you know, the inner struggle that a lot of especially uh, younger LGBT people, you know, uh, live through every day. So to get back to your point, establishing quotas, the more diversity is represented, the less we would need the quotas. You can start saying, well, look, I have got the quota of people. And so therefore I am politically correct. We just want uh, an equal stand in society as everybody else. The flag, the flag is, you know, universal because in the UK with our National Health Service, for most of the three months on a Thursday evening, people would stand outside the houses and they would give a round of applause for the National Health Service. And the kids, they would paint a rainbow. It got associated with this thing about the National Health Service. Also add key workers, of course, uh, them as well. Do you feel that from a pride point of view that, that people are stealing your flag? The rainbow was there before the pride flag, right? So I think it's pretty safe to say. The for, kids. I, I think, Dominic, it was there for the <laughs> days of, of, of Noah. I think there was an ark. <laughs> what does a rainbow imply? And I mean, I see it here in Germany as well, you know, especially during the lockdown period. So people put rainbows on their windows. Same as us, ski workers. Or uh, I think it's just for everybody, to be honest, you know, just to lighten okay. up the mood a little bit. And they say, you know, we're stronger together. Like, uh, okay. you know, 
we'll set it out, everything will pass. And I think it's such a great message. Uh, Pride flag is not so much different because the different colors, you know, that the pride flag has symbolizes different things, you know, such as life, energy, you know, vitality, all these positive things. So there's also a pride flag. And I know that SAP uses this uh, now, especially during, you know, pride month and also in order to recognize uh, Black Lives Matters, that we added these two stripes. Uh, so a black one and a brown one. And this, of course, originates not with SAP, but was already, I think, an artist in Philadelphia in 2017. The other thing that has happened with the Black Lives Matter movement, there's been a call for statues to be toppled because these statues are of people whose past was in some way connected with either slavery or repression of black people. The argument against it was that these people did do awful things. However, they redeemed themselves by doing great things. The inequality has been going on for such a long time. And to me, if I would be part of that community, then it would be really hard, you know, to acknowledge the good stuff they did because I would know about all the bad things that happened. So do you think that there should be statues for people in the community, in the LGBTQ plus community? Definitely. I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be statues. It can also be something else. But I think it's also important, you know, just to remind people of uh, important milestones. I mean, are we going to then start having statues for every single community? I think it's really important to recognize the efforts and to recognize, you know, certain wins over inequality. We cannot say, you know, we praise one group and then for the other group, we don't do anything. We we were all, you know, hoping, and I'm sure in in Germany, it was exactly the same thing, that after COVID, the world would be kinder. I don't want to say it's never going to happen because I think it will happen eventually. But I think, you know, events like this, they do have some impact. But, you know, how sustainable this impact is or how lasting, I think this is really something you can't say right away. So I would love, you know, if now people say, okay, we are more open, you know, more accepting towards, you know, diverse groups of society. But I don't really think that from next week on, then there will be no discriminatory actions anymore against different groups. You know, there will be no violence anymore. There will be no hate crimes anymore. I don't think that's going to happen. Now, the other thing that has been recently in the news has been J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling posted things about trans uh, people a couple of times in the past. I think in 2018, when uh, Maya Forstater was her name, she posted that sex is biological and, you know, this cannot change. And everybody, so basically, right, that's a generalization, but everybody who says uh, something else is wrong because gender is, you know, very dynamic. It's very fluent. I'm born as a male, but, you know, I don't have to see myself as a male. And so this is why I say gender is more, you know, what's in your head. But, you know, it doesn't really uh, have to comply with what's your biological uh, or what's, uh, what's like, what's your body, so to say. You know, a lot of people see gender as, you know, binary. They say, okay, you're either female or you're male. 
And now I think in recent years, and this is also something, you know, I can uh, say that uh, we at SAP are very proud because, you know, we take the topic of transgenders or uh, yeah, very seriously that, you know, we support these people that, you know, the topic transgender as such has become uh, more aware in people's minds, I would say. But, you know, there are also other parts. Uh, so where people say, you know, I don't identify as either male or as female. You know, what about these people? And I think this is really not on top of people's minds. And I think also part of the problem, as I mentioned before, is that you really don't belong to this group. So you really don't know about the inner struggles, you know, that these people have. Just imagine, you know, you're born as a boy. And then when you grow up, you more and more realize that, it's not really, you identify, you cannot identify with the body you're born with. Imagine what psychological damage this can affect on the mind of a young person. It's, you know, J.K. Rowling, I mean, I totally understand her, you know, because she says I'm a woman and this is great, you know, that she identifies as such. But I think, you know, really have to keep in mind that there are people who are really struggling with their gender. And I mean, by saying there is either A or B, you know, it doesn't really help. And it also, you know, doesn't really motivate the people who show who they are and to be their true self. The bigger companies, you know, they do not interfere uh, with people's private life, but rather, you know, they support people in making sure that these people can, you know, become or be who they are. And, you know, whatever condition it might be, I think it's worth at least looking into it. It's also not, you know, that SAP says, oh, like we absolutely have to help all the gays in the world, you know, or all the lesbian peoples in the world. But it's more like we look at what's happening inside of our company. And then we see, okay, so what are the needs and how can we contribute, you know, so that our employees can benefit? Because at the end, what counts for a company and not only SAP, but for all other companies, happy employees, because only happy employees, you know, can, can contribute at their best. I think all of us, we all want to be loved. We all want to be respected. Absolutely, right? And I think this is the goal at the end. We do not, you know, point to different groups and say, oh, you have this issue, so we have to do this and to help you. But it's really more about, okay, there is no awareness, you know, it's not in people's minds. So what can we do in order to support this transformation so that in the end, we don't really need the different groups anymore? We're all just people. And I don't mean just, I think we are all magnificent people, actually. If people want to get hold of you or find out more about the amazingly wonderful work that you're doing, anywhere that they should go check out, Definitely. So they can find me of Lincoln. Dominic Häusler is my name. If they want to have any more questions about yeah, what we do at SAP, you know, how Pride works, how we support uh, LGBT community and making our company more inclusive, then just feel free to send an email to pride at sap.com and I make sure that we'll respond. Fantastic. Once again, everyone, thank you again for joining us for this, the uh, second of two part programs to do with Pride. You know, together we are in a way in isolation, but we're not in isolation because we are, as Dominic said, we are all in this together. And so until next time, be proud of yourself. Be proud of the colours of your heart. Wave that flag because come 2021, when this awful thing is finally over, we hope, you can jump on that float 
and say I'm proud to be human. Till next time, take care. I don't want praise, I don't want pity, I bang my own drum, some think it's noise, I think it's pretty, and so, if I love each feather and each spangle, why not try and see things from a Why not join us in a future show? It's a chance to make sure your story is heard. Or if you have an intriguing idea for Jonathan to explore, why not email reinventatme.com? That's reinventatme.com. <laughs>